Hi, and welcome to the Tech with ITRT's podcast. Today, I have an instructional coach, Carla Woodard, with me to begin our conversation about the hybrid teaching model. Thanks so much for joining me today, Carla. Thanks for having me, Kat. I'm glad to be here. So today we're going to talk about how teachers can leverage time as we shift from remote to hybrid instruction. Since there's not a clear division of hybrid and remote in all classrooms, we really wanted to help teachers get a handle on how not to lose their minds while making this shift. We have some ideas, so let's dive into those to see some ways that we teachers can maximize their time. Carla, let's get started. What do teachers need to remember as they make this transition to include hybrid students in their day? That's a great question. Less is more. Have your favorite tools and keep using the same ones over and over. It also helps to provide options for students. They're more likely to do an activity if they can choose a way to respond that they're comfortable with. An example could be giving them options like Flipgrid, Adobe Spark, or Google Slides. Teachers won't have to take time hunting down students to get missing assignments because the students actually did them the first time. Well, that's so important, Carla, to give those students choice. Uh, another thing that students or teachers should do is to be consistent with how and when they roll out their materials. So teachers should definitely make sure that they keep putting their materials and assignments in Google Classroom and in Seesaw. You're going to end up saving time because students and parents know where to find those due dates, assignments, and other materials. But again, just like having them engaged and wanting to do an activity, you won't have to hunt down as many late assignments. They already know the procedure. They're not learning a new procedure. Also, let's face it, this is going to be an issue when students or the teacher are out for illness or if classrooms have to be closed for quarantine, by using Google Classroom and Seesaw, even when you have hybrid students, you won't have to stop the learning for anything. You can just keep on rolling. So Google Classroom and Seesaw are super important and really great for um, posting even your flip lessons. Absolutely. Even at elementary level, you can save so much time by thinking flipped. A flipped class means you have students interact with the material before they get to you. Whether or not it's a website or an instructional video, thinking brain pop or ed puzzle, or even a hyperdoc that guides them through the material so that when they get to you, they're ready to have a discussion or interact with the material. They could work math problems, go over character traits, make a timeline of historical events. For example, you can use Edpuzzle to make sure your students watch videos, but to also check their understanding along the way with the embedded questions. Interacting with the material in advance will also give you valuable feedback when planning for personalization and or learning stations in person. Kat, how about planning this week's lesson? How can we help teachers save time with that? One of the things teachers want to remember is that some of them will have a cohort A, a cohort B, and remote students. So if you plan for all three of those uh, situations, basically the same, you won't have to plan three different schedules. So you could lay out the week Monday to Friday as you typically would when you're planning your lessons, and then just go back and fine tune the changes um, you need to make or the modifications for your remote students 
for your cohort A and for your cohort B students. So here's an example um, that my one of my children's teacher is using. You can have cohort A doing their in-person work on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then their homework or their at-home work is on the other three days. For her cohort B students, they do their in-person work on Thursday and Friday, and then Monday, Wednesday of the next week is their homework. So they really are doing the same thing, but it's slightly shifted by two days. And the homework that they're doing, I say homework, but it's just work at home or work in another location. There's so many different things that you can do, um, have the student do, practice, review, flipped assignments. Um, and there are things that you don't necessarily need to be beside them to help answer the questions. I mean, even like big projects that they've started in a class would be something they would work on at home. You know, Kat, when talking about projects, another way to save time for the teacher is to start projects when the kids are in person and give them at-home time to complete them. This will keep the questions about how to do it to a minimum and allow students to use their time at home to dive deeper and complete those projects. Planning and research could be done at home or in person, depending on what works best. But the beginning steps are clarified when students can ask the teacher those initial pertinent questions face-to-face -face instead of going back and forth in email. Consider using checklists to keep students organized when completing projects both at home and at school. This can be a huge time saver for both students and teachers. And you know, we're definitely wanting to save time for, for the students and the teachers. And so since that is our focus, leveraging the time as we shift from remote to hybrid, um, and sometimes it's a combo, combination of both, um, yeah, I really want the teachers to keep in mind uh, all those self-grading options that I talked about in episode three of our podcast um, when they're planning their lessons. So when you create something for your students, you have got to think about how you're going to grade it. So if it's going to take you longer to grade it than it will for them to do it, you might want to change your mind and decide, um, design a different way to present that material. So if you decide that that activity is actually very important as it is, something a teacher can consider is maybe even just grading it as a completion assignment. Or they can have their students provide feedback to each other instead of the teacher having to be the one to grade every single word that the student writes. There's a really cool tool for students and teacher feedback in real time, and that's called Class Kick. We mentioned it in an earlier podcast, but here in Class Kick, the teacher can help students as they're working, and other students can even assist a struggling classmate. They can flag themselves as needing assistance and they don't know which classmate they're helping. So it allows the, an the anonymity of a student doesn't want to let their classmates know they don't understand something, but the students are able to help each other. And that just really empowers their knowledge and showing that they understand the material. So class kick is a really cool option for those tech savvy teachers who want to try something new. And we do say, Try to use some of the same things over and over again so the kids get used to it, but you still want to try some new things. And so tech savvy teachers try class kick and, and even go back to our episode two and three, where we go over specific ways that you can provide effective and efficient feedback and grading. So Carla, is there anything else that you think um, we need to cover as we shift or we're talking about the shift from remote to a remote, remote and hybrid combo teaching situation? Yes, there is one thing I think we need to remind our teachers of, and that is to build your class community. When you do a Zoom or 
are teaching in person, make sure you use each other's names. Encourage students to do the same when they interact with each other. Students are in small groups by cohort that they might not have chosen and breaking up some of their friend groups. So encouraging them to interact with each other using their names will allow them to make a deeper connection and learn even more from each other. Oh, that is so true. I, I just love the idea of these small class sizes that we've always wanted to have, even though the situation and the circumstance is not ideal. But by having those small class interactions, a deeper community bond can really be felt in your classroom. And you can make these remote as well. So it does allow for more engagement with your students when they feel part of a community. It, it provides more productivity. Um, and I really do think that our students, if you use their name, if you really build that community, you get better work out of them. So great point, Carla. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed having you here on the podcast, chatting with me about this hot topic. Thank you so much for having me, Kat. I hope that we've brought up some ideas that our listeners can use as we forge ahead in this new teaching environment. Oh, I totally agree. And thank you so much to our listeners for joining us again here at Tech with ITRTs. Please join us next week as we continue the conversation about making the most of your time with students. We're going to delve into various ways to better differentiate for our students. So join us next week here at Tech with ITRTs.